Hey guys, welcome to the Fearless Woman Podcast. My name is Amanda Smith and I am your host. Thank you so much for listening today. Today's episode is with my best friend, longtime friend, college roommate, Jessica Stewart, or as we call her, Jay Stew. Um, she is fantastic, um, such an amazing woman, girlfriend, loyal person. Oh my gosh. She works at the Austin Stone Church in Austin, Texas, and she is a boss at it. I cannot wait for you to hear our interview today. Um, interview sounds so formal. We basically were just talking like we normally do. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Here we go. Um, okay. So <laughs> what's up? <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, I'm so excited. Seriously, I'm so excited because, like, I get to see you and we get to talk and we get to record one of my first podcast episodes together. (laughs) First one. First one. Oh my gosh. Um, so really quickly for anybody that's going to be listening, um, tell us, like, who you are and what you do and you know how we know each other or whatever cool yeah well hey everybody um my name is Jessica Stewart um I am 26 I'm single I live in Austin Texas and I work at the Austin Stone Community Church as a family ministry associate I've only been here for about six months but that's kind of what I do um yeah, it's been, I've been here since January, so oh my gosh. Six, six or seven months. Um, but yeah, so I live here in Austin. Um, I met Amanda in college, which is <laughs> crazy because it feels like yesterday, but now it's almost like eight years ago. <laughs> I guess it is eight years. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So... We met in college, didn't really, like, really hang out until sophomore-ish year. Maybe end of sophomore year, maybe junior yeah. year, we started living together, so probably end of sophomore yeah. yeah, so then we lived together for two years, and it was, like, the, the best time of our lives. <laughs> I asked the panel at the actual Fearless event that we had um, back on July 12th of this year, 2018, um, And so I'm going to ask her these questions and hopefully Liz will just give you a little bit of insight to her and her story as we dive into these different stories, um, of different women that I either have like a really solid friendship with like Jessica or other people that I'm just, you know, the Lord's bringing into my life. So obviously like you do, you are in full-time vocational ministry. So how do you interpret being fearless in your faith and with what you do? That's a great question. (laughs) Um, I think being fearless in what I do, honestly, it just takes a lot of trust and it takes a lot of knowing myself. And that's kind of been the journey of the past few years is learning more about my gifts and my skills and what I'm good at, but also what I'm not good at. And targeting my weaknesses and not only like being aware of them, but then being honest about them with my team and with my supervisor. Um, when I was interviewing for this job, it was one of the first times I felt like I really knew myself and, um, through tools like 
you know, um, the Enneagram or mm-hmm. Myers-Briggs or strength finders and things like that. And so walking into this job, I really knew kind of the way I was wired. And, um, so it, it allowed me to be really honest because I didn't want to work somewhere where I couldn't be myself. Like I wanted to be yeah. the right fit. I wanted it to not just be like what I wanted, but I really wanted it to be the right fit. And I wanted all the things to align up. And so, um, being aware of who I was and then being really honest about it. And, um, because I was able to be really honest about it, it's just built, um, a really great trust with my, my supervisor and my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I was able to be honest from the beginning and like, they, like, I have nothing to hide. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I have nothing to, um, be insecure about. Um, that just like opened up every door for me to be fearless and like to say what I am feeling, whether that's good or bad. Um, just kind of having that like awareness of like, Mm -hmm. okay, if I feel this way, I need to speak up. And so a lot of it is just trust and honesty, but I think that started with knowing myself and taking the time to work on me. And I I said through like, through tools, but also like through counseling and through mentorship and through community and um, just all those things kind of added up to that. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. So, okay. So you mentioned the Enneagram, which I'm familiar with and I have actually done some digging and I want to like thoroughly go through it myself, but you mentioned two other ones. What are those? I don't even know what they're So at. here at our, at, um, our church, we use, um, my unique design or your unique design, I think is what it's called. Um, and then we use, um, Myers-Briggs, which is like, you know, ENFP, that whole situation. Um, but then more like mainstream, like strength finders or disc, um, I've done them all, (laughs) but Enneagram was one of the first ones that put some language to behavior that I was like, Oh, no, you read my diary. Like you did not, how did you know that? And so, um, and a great place to start is the road back to you by Ian Cron and Susan Stabile, um, their book. It's a really great place to start with the Enneagram and they have podcasts and all kinds of things, um, that were really helpful. So I'll have to link some of the stuff in the show notes because yeah. I'm definitely not going to remember. Um, that's freaking awesome. I think, and you said, you mentioned like therapy and counseling. And that's probably something that I'm going to end up talking about a lot in these episodes, because one thing that I want to not necessarily focus on, but like break a stigma of is like, everybody would do really good to go to some therapy. I mean, it's not like I've been seeing a therapist or a counselor for every single week for four years, but like sometimes you go and you like need a tune up or, I mean, I, like I went to counseling in college when it was free and it was really helpful because I think when, I mean, you and I both grew up in pretty conservative, like good homes, both parents, siblings, Southern rep churches kind of. and, And I had never really experienced like something bad or something that would make me wake out or something. And so college and just the realities of like decisions and conflict and life and 
I found myself in a weird spot and, and so counseling was like a big deal. Anyway. Um, uh, Jamie Tarkowski, the founder of try it love on her arms. He always says like, when you're sick, you go to a doctor or when your teeth hurt, you go to the dentist. But for some reason we're so hesitant to like, we feel emotions we don't know how to explain and we don't go see a professional. And it's just such a weird stigma. I think it's because it's so, you're so vulnerable. And it's yeah. like you have to make an appointment. And then if something, if a friend's like, hey, you want to go grab lunch? Oh, I can't. I have a doctor's appointment and it's embarrassing or whatever. Or people ask you like, hey, you seem happier lately. Like, what's up? And you might not want to, like, I think it's crazy. And I kind of want to like do some research and get to the bottom of like, why is it such yeah. I mean, I know when I first started going counseling in college, I mean, there was kind of no hiding it because it was in the hall in the middle of the student center. So like you were passing tons of people. And if you went in that door, everybody knew you were You're going to see Mr. Jarbo. <laughs> Dr. Jarbo. And <laughs> you either are like trying to get off drugs or like your parents split up or, or someone died. Like it wasn't just like, uh, I am a 20 year old girl. And I don't know how to deal with anxiety and depression. Like it wasn't, yeah. that wasn't a, a thing people just talked about, even at a conservative Christian school, which right. I think now is, is changing, especially in our like generation and culture. Yes, I think so too. Uh, but I just, I look at people like, you know, a decade older than us or even in their forties and fifties. And I feel like that's, it's really different. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, really cool for my like context here at the stone, like we have counseling centers all over the city and it's just something that's really normal here. And so I'm really thankful to be a part of a church that like, not only like supports it, but like really encourages it and makes it available to our city. It's so cool. I just, I just predicted your exact sentence in my head and it was exactly what you said. So you said, you said, you said podcast over, you just read my mind. <laughs> um, I was thinking she's going to say, not only do they support it, but they encourage it. And I was like, there you go. So are these it's like we know each other or something. I know. Um, so are these counseling centers a part of the church or just like in Austin? They like we only have a couple buildings, and even the buildings we own during the week, they house nonprofits or um, different organizations that need office space for a lower cost. And so, there's there some of the office the counseling offices are in our buildings, but some of them aren't. Um, and even like at our office, the counseling center is on the first floor here, but it feels like you would never know you're walking into our church offices. You yeah. would feel like you're walking into an office building. So it's a really cool, um, just, just a really cool resource for our community and a really cool way that we can connect with people and yeah, yeah offer yeah. biblical counseling. So, um, okay. So my next question is, and this doesn't have to be just in ministry in like the last few years or whatever, but, um, or maybe not even in ministry at all. We don't have to just talk about that, but, um, have you ever let fear win? So like maybe you knew you were supposed to do something and like you were like, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I can't. Or, um, so have you let it win? What was it like? And then 
maybe like, was there a time that you kind of prevailed over that or learned from that other moment? Yeah, um, totally. (laughs) I would go as far to say that there was a season of my life that was paralyzed by fear and fear in a sense to me, I kind of loop in like fear, anxiety, and worry and, um, or even just insecurity, what the people think of me. Um, I think in my last kind of chapter of life, I was living in Arkansas and, um, it was just a really weird season where I was living in a town that was a suburb where there was not a lot of people my age, not a lot for um, me to do. Um, I was really anxious about like stuff that was going on at work. I was away from my friends and family, um, just a lot of things. And uh, I, speaking of counseling, it got just got to a point where I felt crazy. I felt crazy. I was like, God, you have called me to this and it feels like nothing is working out. Nothing is for me. And I'm giving up my life for this and it's not working out. And I just felt like a crazy person. And, um, I ended up going to counseling. And then, like you said, like I went to one counseling session. (laughs) I did not, like, she was even like, you can come back if you want to, if you don't have to, but I just kind of told her everything. And she was like, first of all, you're not crazy. (laughs) And I was like, thank you. (laughs) Um, cause I just felt I was in my head so much. And that kind of goes back to like, this was also the season where I'm learning about the Enneagram. I'm learning about myself and, learned how like my personality and my, um, my childhood and things like that, like play a role in the way I think. And Mm -hmm. I can be as I'm an Enneagram type six. And so part of that is I do a lot of unproductive thinking. And so I could just think and think and come up with these crazy scenarios. And, um, I just overthought everything true or not. Like Mm -hmm. I would I would daydream and worry about things that didn't even exist yet. And it just paralyzed me. And so I had to really come to a point where I like I went to counseling, talked it out. I started using tools like the Enneagram and obviously like God's word and community and, and things like that. And cause I know the truth. Like I know that like worry cannot add a day to my life or like consider the sparrows, consider the lilies, you know, like I know like, there's nothing good coming out of worry. Um, but a tool that the Enneagram uses is, um, it's an, I forget what it's called. It's, um, snap is like the, um, you know, that all the words, all the letters stand for something, but, um, yes, yes. (laughs) And so snap, um, Oh, the whole thing with snap is like, stop and asking yourself, like, what is true in this moment? And a lot of things I was worried about that was paralyzing me. Um, they just weren't true. (laughs) It was again, like unproductive thinking, unproductive. Your brain does crazy things. Your brain does crazy things. Like your brain is so powerful and like, we are all probably smarter than we think, but it like, especially when it comes to like spiritual warfare and like the enemy, like yes, your brain plays tricks on you. And yes. It's wild. Yeah. Yes. It's wild. And I had just convinced myself that I made a colossal mistake. And not only that, but I had convinced myself that because of that choice, I was stuck. Like I was never going to get to where I wanted to be. Um, I was going to have to like 
end up quitting and just like work at like Walmart, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I thought I was just going to have to like, yeah, I just thought I was like, this is nothing I dreamed for my life. And, um, but all at the same time, like God was working. And so that was kind of like the hope I clung to was like, I was working with students at a, at a church and they're fantastic people there. And so all the while it's like, I felt all these feelings, but then like God was moving. And, um, so I think as far as like getting through that, I think it was kind of what I talked about earlier, like just that self-awareness that Mm -hmm. like growing in the knowledge of the word and then like growing in the knowledge of myself and like just being like aware of my tendencies and being able to combat that and being like having someone to talk to about it, whether that was Kelly, my counselor or, Amanda on Snapchat, Instagram, whatever, you know, like, or just like Marco Poloing my friends, like just having like people to talk to about it. And just like, I think the biggest thing, and this is what I love to tell people is like, we have to live with action over intention. We have to be proactive in what we're doing. Like nothing unless about it. Yes. Like you can't, with the knowledge that I now have, I cannot sit in this. It's like the same concept with the gospel. Like I have this knowledge of the good news. Why in the world would I not go share it? And now it's like, I have the knowledge and the tools of like who I am and my tendencies. So let's be proactive about it. And so that just started a journey of like, Lord, like I'm just going to trust you and be proactive and just beg him to shut down what wasn't supposed to happen. And yeah. I just begged the spirit to be really convicting and heavy on me so that, cause I knew making decisions was a struggle of mine. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Lord, like I want to be proactive, but I need your help. And yeah. um, there were times where I would, like I was applying for jobs and um, I would not hear anything back from this job or I would hear back from this job and they would offer something to me, but I just knew the timing wasn't right. And you know, like that just played out over and over, but I remember it was such a cool season of like, man, I just trust the Lord. And like, I know myself and like trusting the spirit, like in Galatians five and six, when it talks about like walking in the spirit, like what that really means. And I think it's just like being really disciplined and like Mm -hmm. trusting the Lord and begging him and his spirit to convict you where you need to be convicted. That was a really long answer to that question. And that's that's the whole point is, I mean, I think the favorite thing that you said was the fact that like intention is great. And I think it says a lot about who you are and who you are becoming and can be, but action is what is necessary now. And I feel like, cause I remember in college when I was dealing with like anxiety and depression and decisions were super hard for me, even if it was really small and stupid and it did paralyze you and action was like, sometimes I felt like it was not an option. Like I just had to, I almost kind of thought, well, I know I have to suffer because I, maybe I did something wrong or, and I think that was me being conditioned to think like that because of, I don't want to get dicey here, but because of some teachings that I had heard growing up in from different pastors or speakers at camps or whatever, right. You're supposed to like be so thankful that like, you know, I could go down this whole long road, but not a whole lot of grace and a whole lot of like 
you should be grateful. And yeah. so when I, I, when I was like suffering and feeling so paralyzed, I felt like I might deserve it or that's what's supposed to be happening anyway. Right. Um, so, okay. I have a question. You said you, during those times when you were out in Arkansas, cause I remember that those seasons or that season and it was hard and I like hated seeing you like that. And I mean, we, and the fact that we got to do a podcast today and like have an hour to ourselves is like the bomb because we're both busy people and whatever. But what is it that you saw or what's, what's something tangible that you did that helped you see that God was still using you or something that you did to get you out of that paralysis or was it like journaling or like taking a walk or what was it? Yeah, I think, um, I don't remember exactly where, who said it. I have a feeling it was Reggie Joyner at an orange conference, but, um, they always, or maybe it's Johnny Cuff. I don't know. One of those orange guys, but they always say like, whatever you do, be an expert at it. And uh, a big part of that season, because it was so hard, I just felt really purposeless and really like, why am I here? And so I kind of just got to this point of like, okay, well, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be the best like girls minister. I'm going to be the best assistant. I'm going to learn new skills. Like, I don't want to waste this time. Like, I don't want to waste it. Um, And again, I think that was just like getting to a point again, back to like proactive, like being active, well, action over intention. I can't speak. Um, just like getting to a point where I, I didn't want to waste my life. I didn't want to sit in the peril being paralyzed of fear. And so it was just like doing the next right thing and like, or picking a, like setting a goal and accomplishing it. Or like, I was kind of doing some admin things, but I knew nothing about Excel. And so I was like, I'm going to be the best Excel person ever. And I'm going to take the month of June or whatever to like watch YouTube videos, to ask people who are really good at it, to help me. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, just in like, sometimes it was the smallest thing of like, I'm going to hang out with one girl this week and have a really good conversation. It was just setting these like little goals and being present where I was like, that was just huge. I didn't want to be so consumed with what was ahead of me and miss what was right in front of me, especially, and that's, that's across the board, but in ministry, I just, there's this incredible like honor, but also incredible burden of like, there are valuable human beings in front of me that I can spend time pouring into or, equipping or whatever. And so like far be it for me to, um, be lazy about that. And so, um, like, yes, like struggle, but struggle well, like, like live in that tension of like being present, but looking ahead, feeling purposeless, but being living with action in that. And how can I feel less purposeless? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Feel less purposeless. Yeah. So what, and maybe this is like another story for another time, but, um, what do you think? Like, cause I'm curious, not just for the sake of the podcast, but what you had been there for a while. And do you feel like you felt 
purposeless because you had been there so long or you were, you felt like you were missing out on something that could be, or you felt like there were other opportunities out there that you were like, I'm done with this. I need to move on. And like, what was, what was the story there? I think going there was a hasty decision that I made. Okay. Um, again, like wonderful people, wonderful ministry, like not a bad place, not a bad place, but I think, and this was right out of college too. The first job I took right out of college was very like, "Ah, I need something. I'm going to go do this. Ended up being a great experience, but it was a one year thing. My one year is coming up to an end. Ah, I need something else. Yeah. And so it was almost just like, I wasn't taking inventory. I was just because I'm independent from my parents, I'm single and need money and, you know, like really yeah, practical things. Like, yeah. Just had to make decisions, but I didn't really give myself the grace or the time or ask for help, which that's all on me. But like, I didn't give myself the time to say like, pause, like, what are my gifts? What are my strengths? What do I love to do? What's the next right step forward to accomplish those things? I think I was making lateral steps, not forward steps. That was and so, yeah. <laughs> but it was just like, no wonder, like, it was just like, I, I had these big dreams and big ideas and I stepped laterally into a place where those weren't going to be challenged or seen or it just wasn't practical in that setting. And so, um, that was kind of, I think why I ended up there. I think I wasn't intentional about thinking forward. I was thinking, I just need anything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's a hard place to be as a human being who you need a job and you need money and you need to pay for your apartment. And, but at the same time, like you don't want to be miserable and you don't, I mean, right. Yeah. I totally got you. Okay. So let's think forward. So you're so happy. You love Austin stone. Um, call it the stone. We call it the stone. (laughs) (laughs) Hipster. I love it. Um, so you love it there. Tell us about what you do there. And like, what do you feel like it's only been six months, but what do you, what are you so excited about for the future? Like, do you hope to be there in five years? Do you, you know, what, what does that look like? Yeah. So first I want to say like, this job is like the biggest grace of my whole life. Like it is so cool. Even in that season of like, okay, back in Arkansas, when I was looking ahead, like what's next, what's next, I had all these, you know, I love events. Maybe I'll go be an event coordinator for this amazing organization or whatever. Like I just had all these like big glamorous ideas. And, um, when the truth was, um, again, this goes back to like knowing yourself and awareness was like, I probably would have done, like I I wanted to be in a bigger city, but I could have stand to have been closer to home. Like, I think that was something that was important to me. And, and I really was starting to think that like, man, I think the culture of a company really matters. And I think that, um, that culture, even if it's the right fit, if it's, um, the right fit, then anything I do for them would just be really like easy in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when this opportunity with the stone came up, I was just blown away. It had been like, 
it's one of those dreams. It's like, oh, that would be so cool one day to work at the Austin Stone. But like, I'm going to put that in the back of my head. Like they mostly hire from within. Like I'm never going to just move to Austin without a job. Like that's just never going to happen. Um, but it's so cool to see how like God did take all of my strengths and my weaknesses too and put me in a place where we have such an amazing culture where we stick to our convictions. Um, I feel so loved, so known, so take, so taken care of. And by no means is it glamorous. Um, but I mean, it's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But in my head, I think I was going to be big time at a big place doing crazy things. Um, which I can really honestly say, I think the Austin stone does really amazing things for the kingdom of the Lord. But, um, it's just so cool to see how this was the better thing for me all along. Like, um, when I, and I, I think I tweeted this once, but I was like, um, like when I was just going to settle for really good, God gave me so much better and, um, better than I even knew. Like, this is such a perfect fit for me. Um, so as far as like what I get to do here, um, I work on our central team and in family ministries, which means I work for um, one of our executive pastors who's over our gathering ministries. But I really focus on working with our kids and students teams in a central aspect, um, doing central events, trips, and trainings. Um, and so it really is just like the sweetest spot because I get to um, be a part of amazing events. And like, even outside of my team, like I get to work on a women's workshop coming up, which is going to be so amazing. But then I get to like work with students and kids, which the next generation is like something I'm really passionate about and Mm -hmm. something I really believe in. Um, But then I also get to like use these administrative detail event like organization type stuff and support those teams that didn't support um, this executive pastor that I work for. And so it is like the best of all the worlds. <laughs> it is like so cool. Um, and I, one thing I love is that I'm continually getting equipped and trained and challenged and getting to um, kind of dip my toes in different parts of our, our team. And so it's been really awesome. Austin is the best city ever. <laughs> like don't move here because it's too crowded, but like everyone should move here. Um, yeah, it's just so, it's electric. It's so fun. It's um, diverse. It's. Um, I feel like it's a dance it's party just, all the time. Or a it's really, <laughs> there is endless opportunities for dance parties. Um, but yeah, so that's what I get to do here. It's been really fun for sure. I love it. Um, okay. Well, we're almost out of time for, um, what zoom allows me to record with, but <laughs> I, I love this and I'm sure we can do another episode again together. Yes. Um, but I love it. So last thing really quickly, um, is there anything that you just would love to share with the listener today? Maybe something encouraging, um, that's just been like, you know what? I learned this lately and I don't want someone to make the same mistake or I learned this and like someone needs to know this. Yeah. I think it's, the best gifts like like that you can give the world is to take care of yourself and to know yourself and to be intentional with your time um 
on your own so that then when you are with other people that they get the best version of you. Um, don't sacrifice who you are um, at the expense of others um, because you'll be better for it when you take that time on the front end to know yourself, love yourself, spend time with the Lord, refocus, recenter your life on him, and then go out and share your gifts with every, everyone else. And I think they'll see um, that like supernatural strength in you because of it. So you said yeah. supernatural and you know, I've been binging Vampire Diaries lately. Vampire Diaries. So I'm like, Damon, where you at? Where you at, boo? <laughs> um, okay, before we go, tell me what, like, what trend are you loving lately? Like, oh, I found these trendy new something, whether it's like a drink or food or clothes or I don't know. So... I love so many things. I'm going to give two things. Ooh, okay. First of all, if you're a makeup gal, go binge YouTube watch Allie Glines. She's amazing. And she does the best and easiest makeup tutorials using drugstore makeup. Okay. She's high on stuff too, but I am obsessed. I like go by not everything she recommends, but I've bought so much and I have been getting endless compliments and I'm like, y'all tutorials, Allie Glines. It's been life-changing. Have you spelled been last name? G-L-I-N-E-S. Okay, so just like And you. she's like, type her in, like, she'll pop right up. Because she's one of, she's only been doing this two years. Like, meaning, like, beauty YouTube stuff. And she's, yeah. like, has almost, like, 300,000 subscribers. Like, she's crazy. Oh, my. Um, but she's awesome. And she's beautiful, so sweet, loves Jesus, all the things. Loves her husband. Oh, my gosh. You will Oh, my heart. Her. Okay, cool. Um, but then the other thing is, literally last night I bought an Apple Watch, and I, I, I am <laughs> obsessed. I only bought it because Jenny Allen said I could, <laughs> and she got one. And she was because my hesitancy was I'm already on my phone so much. I'm an idiot, so I wanted to like not be on my watch more. And anyways, yeah. but I love it. So- I love it. Why do you think you already had one? Because I'm a tech nerd and I get everything, but I have prolonged. I've put it off, but I met a really big savings goal this month. I'm actually ahead of my savings for the year. And so I treated myself. Girl, treat yourself. Treat yourself. (laughs) Okay. So thank you guys so much for listening. I'm going to link, um, Jay Stew, I call her Jay Stew. <laughs> my long friend, privilege. Um, I'm gonna link her Instagram. In- yeah, just from Texas. Yeah. Go check it out. Um, and if you're ever in Austin, I'm sure she come to the Stone. Come hang out. We'll go to get happy hour or something together. Oh, yeah. Um, happy hour with her girl Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Happy hour live, Jamie. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Love ya. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Fearless Woman podcast. I hope that you took something from what Jess and I talked about and you were able to just feel like you weren't alone or feel encouraged, whatever it may be. I'm super glad that you gave us a listen.
As always, if you have a recommendation for someone who they just have an amazing story or you just think they're a dope person, send them my way. Send me an email at thefearlesswomanpodcast at gmail.com. And I would love to set up an interview with them, get to know them, and hear their story. That is what we're all about here um, on this platform is letting women share their stories um, because it just might change your life and you just might be encouraged. So watch out. We're going to encourage the crap out of you. Um, it wasn't really a threat, but I hope that you have a fantastic day. Um, Share this with the girlfriends, and we'll see you next time.